and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question, where we answer your questions that you send in from listeners on our email. You can go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, and find a way of contacting us there. We encourage you to go to the webpage to learn more about us, and we will try to continually update it, and we're going to index it to help you find things as we go along. We're still working hard on that to try to figure out how to get all that done. But today, we're going to talk about Jesus and his view of the Psalms. And so if you want to follow along, I will be doing quite a bit of cross-referencing in this podcast, but obviously a lot of it will come out of the book of Psalms, chapter 8, and perhaps even chapter 22 of the book of Psalms. You know, with so many people in the world today questioning if all the scripture is really God's word or not, are the stories as they are written in the Old Testament, are, are they true or are made up just to help us understand God? Are they just a, just a figment of somebody's imagination? You know, there are so many theories, it's really no wonder that people are confused. When we become confused about Scripture and, and the question is if it's really authentic or not, we really need to learn and understand that Satan is winning this battle. Because that's his whole goal, is to keep us away from God's Word and God. Anyone who's claiming to be a Christian and doubts the truth and the wonderful lessons and the events are not for us to, to know and understand God and are from God are really sadly mistaken. For example, Jesus would give credit to Noah as a real living person along with the flood as actual historical event. Jesus would also mention and give credit to the creation story in the book of Genesis. Jesus would also mention men by name. He would name Moses, Abraham, and David as living people, as though they were still alive. So today I want to ask you the question about this book, the, the book of Psalms, a book that most people would say is the most beautiful book written in the Old Testament, if not the entire Bible. Of course, again, in the book of Psalms, the Psalms that we will go over today were written by David. This is really is a very beautiful book, and I know I enjoy reading them. They are comfortable uh, to read. They're comforting to the soul. In a day that's full of stress and mishaps, your head's a spinning, uh, the book that I more likely will open up would be the book of Psalms. They are calming, but they're more than just calming. They're, they're also full of prophecy and prayers and hope and rejoicing in praising, perhaps even a book of law. If you want to learn to pray, well, this is a good book to study and, and read, as David has penned out so many of his prayers to the Lord. So let us go back to the question or the thought, did Jesus support the book of Psalms? Well, we're going to find out today. In the Gospel account, the book of Psalms will be quoted 26 times. That book comes in second place to the book of Hebrews, which is most scholars would place close to 79. 
So, in the book of Matthew, according to his gospel, Jesus here had just cleansed the temple, and when Jesus is about to challenge, uh, again, one of the Jewish leaders, so if you'd like to follow along with me, it would be great. I'm going to be in Matthew, and then I'm going to go back to the book of Psalms. Jesus, again, he just cleansed the temple, and being challenged here by uh, the, some member of the Sanhedrin, Matthew 21, 14, and 16 says, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done, and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they became upset, and said to him, Do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, Well, yes. Have you ever read, or have you never read, out of the book of mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise for yourself? I mean, really, this is kind of a crazy question to be asking Jesus. Of course, he can hear the kids talking and, and praising him, and he's accepting it as worship, and I think that's what upsets uh, the Sanhedrin here. But where does this come from? Jesus if you have a red-lettered Bible and it's capitalized, it's a quote. It's from somewhere else. Well, it's from the book of Psalms, as we've already stated. Psalms chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength, because of your adversaries to make the enemy revengeful. So, now, to be perfectly honest, I would have never put this as a quote out of the Old Testament, especially the book of Psalms, but the Holy Spirit says that's what it is. And Jesus makes the claim in the text that the, the verses out of Psalms are referring to him. What else could Jesus be driving at when he made the statement to her, Have you never read? Jesus is not telling the children here to stop the praise and praising him as God. He clearly hears them. He's accepting the praise as God. But he's really questioning the spiritual leaders of the day who claim they knew the word of God. How many today in our society or our world seem like everywhere I've been around the globe, the religious leaders, some of them honestly are very biblically ignorant. I, I tell you what, it's a learning, it's a lifetime, I understand that. But we need to know and read the Bible as much as we can and understand it. And let the Holy Spirit guide us as we read it. And Jesus is, you know, he's laying out the, the question to the people who who claim they know the God's word, and yet they reject it. I don't know if they thought, well, that's his interpretation, or he just making that up. But look with me some more in Psalms chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. What is a man that you take thought of him, and the son of man you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than, than God and you crown him with the glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. 
He had put all things under his feet. So through the divine nature of the Holy Spirit, we can find his exact text over in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 2, 6 through 9, where it says, But one has testified, somewhere saying, What is a man, that you remember him, or the son of man, that you are concerned about him? You have made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, and have appointed him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjection of all things to him, he left nothing that would not be subject to him. But now we do not yet see all things subject to him. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of the death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. You see, listeners, there is a connection between the book of Psalms and the New Testament. It is powerful. It is God's word. And it never really ceases to amaze me. And his foreknowledge of events to come, to be able to inspire the men of the Old Testament to write these things down hundreds of years, if not a thousand years before they ever come true. This really convinces me, and it really should convince others, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he is God and that he is in control of all things. There is no doubt in my mind that Jesus, before coming to this earth, was above the angels. Few Christians probably would disagree with me in that. And then when he humbled himself to, to become a man and walk on this earth, he was lower than the angels for just a little while. Because in a span of about 33 years versus eternity, 33 years is just for a little while. Jesus over in John chapter 17. This really is the Lord's Prayer. Uh, this is what Jesus really prays, and it's a beautiful prayer. It's a, it's a very deep study, and perhaps somewhere down the road that we'll, we'll go into that. But by his own words, Jesus had something before time as we know it. In John chapter 17, verses 4 and 5, Jesus says in his prayer, I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given to me to do. Now, glor now, Father, glorify me with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. The reading of the Hebrews that we just read is pretty clear as to why this had to happen. And that is so that you and I would never taste a spiritual death. That our souls could be cleansed and covered in the blood and obtain salvation and forgiveness. You see, without the fulfillment of all the scriptures, you and I would not have salvation. Jesus would also refer to the Psalms from time to time as the law. Or Jesus might say, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Jesus put the weight of the Psalms as an important text as any other book in the Bible. Psalm 41 verse 9 says, 
Even my close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. And then you see that over here in John chapter 13. I do not speak of all of you. I know that the ones I have chosen, but it is that that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Psalm 41, where we just read, is really a quote that David writes for a plea of mercy to God. David has been without any doubt been hurt by a friend. His friend was a double-crosser, or a two-timer, we might say, in, in our words today. If any of us have ever had someone that we call our friend and ate with us, to only at one point have that person turn on you, and maybe you can understand just a little bit what's being said here. Really, what's more important here is the character that can be found in Judas. Judas he ate bread with Jesus over the years, called him a friend, walked many a mile with him, and I can only imagine the hurt that was going in Jesus' heart here. And Jesus is very clear here, again, that the text is a tie to him as the Messiah and his role as the Messiah. Psalm 69 verse 4 says, those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. Those who will destroy me are powerful, being wrongfully my enemies. What did I not steal that I have to restore? And then over here in John chapter 15, verse 25, we see the connection that Jesus makes. But they have done this to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without cause. You see, this is the typical rejection and reaction that Jesus receives from his Jewish enemies and that we as Christians perhaps can also experience. So again, I want to stress to you again that Jesus knew the Psalms and he called them law. He called them scriptures that had to be fulfilled. And Jesus in no way takes away from the Psalms as anything but inspired from the Holy Spirit. If you want to look with me in Psalm 22, we won't read the whole psalm. I'm just going to pick out a few verses and make a, a few comments here. This is how Jesus would say these words actually on the cross. Psalm 22, starting in verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A lot of people have never read this psalm and probably don't completely understand that Jesus is saying here again, this psalm is about me. I mean, go on and look down here in verse 5. To you they cried out and, they, and were delivered and you trusted and they were not disappointed. I'm not going to be disappointed. I trust in Christ in the, in the crucifixion and his death. But notice here in verse 6, but I am a worm and not a man a reproach of men and despised by the people. They all sneer at me. They separate with their lips and wag their heads and saying, Commit yourself to the Lord and let him deliver him. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. Exactly what the gospel account records of the crowd 
mocking Jesus and making fun of Jesus all the way. It goes on to talk about being in his mother's womb and his birth. And a lot of people think, well, Jesus is really completely forsaken, but here he says, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. You continue to read, you really find out this person is talking here is not really forsaking or been forsaken. But this is a psalm that says about the Messiah. Notice in verse 16, For the dogs have surrounded me, a band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet, I can count all my bones. They stare at me, they divide my garments among them, then they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far off, because you are my help, and deliver my soul. How amazing that David would get this right on about the crucifixion. But does he understand that he wrote about it? I, I don't know. I figure that his, his friend has forsaken him. But Jesus says this is really about him. This is a messianic psalm. And even on the cross, Jesus is trying to teach people who he is. So how to make the use of the psalms in your life today? Well, the writer of the psalm, again in 119, says... His meditation is upon the law of the day and night. In other words, he reads the Bible day and night. He's always focusing on that. Each day, take a psalm for yourself and, and read it. And begin with a prayer, asking God to, to feed your, your soul with his word. Read the psalms and perhaps read them out loud. I do that a lot. And as you finish, sit back and and meditate on the truthfulness of the words and the feelings expressed and the reality of your own life. It would help you perhaps to write down some thoughts and start a Bible reading journal and a prayer journal. And when you ask God for something in prayer and He answers it, write it down. In prayer time, uh, use your journal to, to help you see how God is working in your life and give Him praise and thanks that He deserves. And spouses, if your partner starts one of these journals, treat it as something personal between God and your spouse. If they want to share, that's okay. And I, somebody's going to email me and say, well, there should be no secrets between a husband and a wife. Well, just be encouraged and, and encourage them that you know they are praying and reading the Word and hope and pray that as they grow closer to God, you also will go closer to each other. I personally pray in my meditations to God, particularly as they relate to my feelings and my strengths and weaknesses. The Psalms then helps me by providing a way for me to, to know myself better and to be, have a more personal relationship with my God. Some of the Psalms have helped me to learn how to pray. David writes some beautiful prayers. But whether it's rejoicing or asking for something or an issue in your life or simply giving praise, I certainly hope that you would go to the Lord in prayer and, and want to have a deeper study and understanding of the book of Psalms. I hope that you've gained 
perhaps a, a new insight or a better appreciation for this great book that's called the Psalms. I hope that you've seen just a few things that might draw you to want to go study it even more and perhaps the rest of your life. We only have scratched the very surface of this rather large book and I hope that you would not be afraid to, to get such a large book and start tackling it and breaking it down and studying it. But when you're with God in, in your private prayers, give Him thanks and praise and study on His Word and have a desire to have a more deeper appreciation and a deeper love for what Christ has done for all of us and especially for you and your families. We, we, we pray for you. There are some of you out there I know that are listening in countries that it's not real famous uh, thing to be a Christian. It's not popular. In fact, it could cost you your life. And I, I praise God that you've tuned in. And I pray for your safety. We, here at Biblical Question, we, we pray for the persecuted church every day. And I hope that you would pray for us, that we could continue to have the funds and the means to be able to broadcast and be able to, to come up with uh, ideas for the podcast. And if you would like, uh, you have questions, uh, maybe a suggestion on a sermon or a Bible study, uh, drop us an email. Go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com and there you can surely find out more about us and we will continue to update and, ch and change that as we get time and, and uh, the knowledge to be able to improve it. And we thank you for listening and may God have the glory. Thank you.